0: Hi, this is Pastor Ryan here, and I want to welcome you to the Four Points broadcast with Dr. Cindy Trim. We're so glad you've joined us. Maybe you're on Facebook Live, or maybe you're at CindyTrimMinistries.org, or guess what I want to tell you about a new way to connect. You can connect by downloading the new Cindy Trim app. All you have to do is type Cindy Trim in the App Store, Droid or Apple, either one, and you can connect to not only live streams, but to on-demand sermons. You can connect to articles and blogs and teachings. It's the greatest way to stay connected, and when you download the app, make Make sure you accept notifications so you can stay up to date with all that God is doing through this ministry. Tonight is going to bless you. This is your night for breakthrough. God is in the room tonight. God is in the room tonight. Do you believe it? He's here because we brought him here. He's here in your room, in your bedroom, in your kitchen, in your living room. And as you open up your heart to receive the word, God is going to bring transformation. I decree and declare he's bringing divine alignment to every area of your life. He's bringing divine alignment to your finances, to your relationships, to your businesses. And Father, tonight we ask your blessing upon this evening that you would touch each person watching God, that you would mend marriages and touch those who are sick in their body or in their mind you are still the God that heals you are our provider you are the Lord of the breakthrough and we decree and we declare that this message and your anointing transcends through technology all around the world that you are blessing the one who's logged in from Africa right now you're blessing the one who's logged in from Asia or Switzerland all around the United States father that through technology you are unifying us in our faith like never before you are unifying us so that we can go forth and preach the gospel in every area. We pray that those watching, that you would increase their sphere of influence, that as we are matured in Christ, that we would utilize these teachings to affect change in our communities, God. Cause us to affect change, Father, on the workplace, in our jo- on our jobs, in the grocery stores, Father. We thank you, God, that this is a night of transformation. We declare this evening you yours. We give it to you. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Without further ado, I want to bring to the platform Dr. Cindy Trim. Come on, put your hands together one more time.
1: Amen. Amen. We're very excited to be here tonight, specifically as we begin to continue our series on spiritual maturation. And we realize that there are so many people who are interested in growing in the things of the Lord and really understanding the different stages of spiritual maturation or spiritual sonship. And so, even as we have prayed, we're asking God to be able to bless us and release an anointing tonight that will give you comprehension. understanding and application, and we pray that your life It will be so revolutionized that you would not only be able to live for God, but within your lifetime to do something significant within your family and community and nation that will alter the trajectory, the corporate trajectory of people's lives. The whole world is waiting, awaiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And John said, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what what we should Shall be, But we know when he shall appear, we are going to literally be transformed into his image until each one of us will display his glory in its fullness and in its totality. And so tonight we want you to turn your attention to the book of Second Peter, chapter three. And I want to, for this text, read the entire text. Usually we read verse number 18. But I want to give you context for our text, even as we begin to instruct you and to teach you about spiritual maturation. We've learned that there are eight stages of spiritual maturation or eight stages of sonship. And in the book of Second Peter, chapter three, verses one to 18, the Bible says this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in in both ways which I stir up your pure minds. In other words, um, he d- d- did not want them to become dull or insensitive concerning the things of the Lord, but he wanted their minds to be stirred up now it, it it's interesting when we talk about or we begin to talk about the stirring up of our minds we understand that when we got saved we did not check our minds out at the door and this is important because maturation is not just about your spirit man it's about your total life and so we know that we live out of our minds and to the degree that our minds Have been renewed to the degree that they've been restored and they are in alignment to the mind of Christ, is the degree to which we are able to not only discern the will of God, but to do the will of God and then also to be able to fulfill uh, our purpose within our lifetime. And so he said, I'm doing this to store up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That word remembrance, re means to restore back to its original state, and member, member means a part of. So when you remember, it simply means that something has been forgotten. And so the uh, uh, writer of the epistle wanted to make sure that we were connected and that there was no disconnection when it comes to our spiritual life. I travel uh, all around the world and I've discovered that there are so many different, hallelujah, so many different um, individuals that are struggling with their spiritual life. And it's imperative for us to understand it is because perhaps we have lost connection with a revelation or we have lost connection with something that God has spoken to us. And it's easy because when we first get saved, we're excited and we want to know everything about God. And, you know, we we have this line that we use to divide those things that we once did before Christ um, from those things that we do after Christ. But somewhere we lose our our excitement. We lose our connectivity. Life happens. You know, between the time you worship on a Sunday and the time you go to a midweek Bible study, life happens. You get stuck in traffic. You got to pay bills. Somebody gets sick. Life always happens in between there. And sometimes we lose connection with um, uh, our spiritual spirituality and we become disconnected to what really ma- matters in the end. And so this scripture is saying, look, I just want to stir up some things in you and to remind you of what is important. And he said, verse number two, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. In other words, this is what they're saying, that Christianity doesn't make a difference, whether you're saved or you're not saved. You know, this, this this does not work. And there are so many believers that are buying into the seduction of the enemy. And I call it satanic seduction because each one of us have to come to a point in our lives where we begin to mature and say, this is my conviction. This is my truth. Because if you can find your place of truth, you can find your place of freedom. You can find your, your place of productivity. You can find your place of innovation. You can find your place of success. You can find your place of prosperity. But as long as you were bound to an untruth, you were going to be bound in every area of your life. And you know, they're walking after their own lust and they're saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the father fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water. In other words, this world is because of the Word of God. And if the Word of God created the, the world, the Word of God sustains the world. And if the world is, is being sustained by the Word of God, then every area of your life can be sustained by the Word of God. Yes. And the scripture, the, the scripture says, you know, but, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly man. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but is a long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in in which the heaven shall pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and goodliness looking for Okay. <laughs> And blemish and account that the long suffering of the Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all these epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own. Disciples. Destruction. In other words, they're young. But ignorant. And so they wrestle with this. It's not settled in their spirit. Why? Because of levels of spiritual immaturity. And God wants you to grow in the things of the Lord so that once and for all these things are settled. They're not going to be things that you have to pray about. These are the things that are settled. You are going to be able to say, I believe God. And no matter how juxtaposed my life is and how different my life is to the prevailing culture, I choose God and I not only choose God, I choose righteousness, I sp- choose godliness, I choose spirituality, I choose the fruit. This is a matter of choice and it comes as a result of you maturing in the things of the Lord and if there's ever a time we need spiritually matured individuals, it it is now because the world is looking for role models. How do you do this thing called Christianity? But if those that have been Christians for years don't get it, how do we expect the unsaved or those that are unbelievers really to understand the relevance, the importance, and the practicality of our spiritual walk? We have to be role models to those that are Unsaved. How do you do this thing called Christianity? Now, the Bible says that that, that those that are unlearned and unstable, they're going to wrestle with these things, but it's going to be to their own demise or their own destruction. The scripture says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Now, how many of your spiritual brothers and sisters that you once knew was on fire, now they show up whenever they want in church, they do whatever they want, and they justify, you know, a life that is not pleasing to God. Today, everybody's a Christian. So now, I have a different uh, question that I ask people. I no longer ask them, are you a Christian? I ask them, are you a born again Christian? Are you born again? You know, and so with all of this being said, the scripture says in verse 18, and this is the verse that I want to get to. Having said all of this, then the, uh, uh, the writer of this epistle said, but grow in grace. In other words, don't remain spiritual babes. Grow up, come into spiritual maturity. Grow in grace. In other words, you don't have to do this by yourself. God is going to give you the grace to do it. And he said, not only in grace, but in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The reason why Christianity makes sense to me, and I wanted to be a Christian, is because. because I studied the life of Christ and I wanted to be like Him. Jesus not only influenced his generation, but he left a legacy that is still influencing generations. And as long as, as as the Lord delays his coming, even if after I die, the life of Jesus Christ is still going to influence a generation unborn to time. And so when I read about the life of Jesus Christ, I wanted to be like him. Are you with me? And when I got rid of religion, that's when I discovered a relationship with God. When I got rid of religion, when I got rid of religion, that's when I discovered God. Are you with me? That's when I found him. And so it is important for us to understand that as you grow in grace, also in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you are going to be able to live in such a manner that you will be a History maker, You are going to affect changes in every level of your life. You have not seen peace. You have not seen joy until you begin to access the grace of God and until you become spiritually mature. But grow in grace. And so we're talking about the whole idea of spiritual maturation. And there are eight stages of spiritual maturation or eight stages of sonship. The Bible said, now are we the sons of God? The question is, what stage of sonship are you in? We learned that the first stage is gester. And gester, uh, you, 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 you know that word because when a woman is pregnant, we talk about gestation. And so we know that that's the stage of the womb. And there are, uh, there, 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 are 26 wombs of the spirit and you can find out a little bit more about the wombs of the spirit and travailing and how to know which womb you're pregnant in. You can have multiple births at the same time. Um, and you, you will find out more about the wombs of the spirit, uh, from the book called push the book called push And many times, uh, you know, as we mature in the things of the Lord, we will begin to differentiate between a demonic attack or a satanic attack and travailing and contractions. Are you with me? So sometimes you may not be under a, a demonic attack. You may be having contractions in the realm of the spirit. And so this is the time where well, you cooperate with the discomfort. You cooperate with the pain so that God either can birth you out or you can birth something out that you're pregnant with. Are you with me? The first stage is the gester. The second stage of spiritual maturation is tiktok, And that's the shortest stage. Um, and this is uh, the stage of bonding. And th- in this particular stage, we begin to talk about covenant. And as you mature. Mature in the things of the Lord, you have to know who to cut covenant with, who you have covenant with, and you've got to be able to know who your spiritual parents are, who's your spiritual father, who's your spiritual mother, and you've got to be able to cut covenant with them and they cut covenant with you. The problem with most, in in a lot of instances, is this, that you have individuals that are not spiritually matured trying to be someone's spiritual parent. And you're going to have trouble and you're going to have problems because if that person is not matured in every area that they should be matured, the anointing is going to run down. It means you are going to be immature. And so you don't want to become a spiritual mother or father because you think that this is the way to go in ministry. You've got to mature in all areas of your life before you even say that this is my spiritual son and my spiritual daughter. And, 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 and God is is challenging us because there are so many people's lives that have end up shipwrecked because they connected to someone that was not mature. In the things of the Lord, they may have been anointed, but they were not matured in every area. That you know, it's it, one of the worst things to do is to have a covenant with someone that says they're your spiritual father and spiritual mother who only is anointed, but the rest of their life is a mess. So, spiritual maturation is not only for your spiritual life, you want to be able to examine their lives to see if they have fruit. The Bible says that you should examine. And their fruit. Uh, are they fruitful in all areas of their lives? Are they matured emotionally? Are they matured spiritually? Are they matured financially? Are you with me? Are they up to the yin-yang in debt? You don't want to be uh, submitted to anyone that's un- in debt because if the anointing runs down, no matter how much you decree and declare, that debt is going to follow you. By their fruit, you should know them and explore and examine every area of their lives. Are you with me? So that second stage is the tik-toe, It's a short stage. And, uh, you know, it's imperative now that if God is going to mature you into this second stage, then he's going to really begin to address covenants. Who do you have covenant with? Because whoever you have covenant with, this is where you get into the message of soul ties. Right? And when you get into the message of soul ties, you want to make sure that you've got healthy, there is. illegitimate and illegal soul ties. And then there are legal and legitimate soul ties. So you don't want to destroy all soul ties. You want to make sure that you have a soul tie with your husband, a soul tie with your friends that are legitimate and spiritual. So you want the ones that that are illegal and in, illegitimate. You want those to be destroyed, but you don't want all soul ties to be destroyed. You just want to be the ones that are illegitimate and illegal. Now, this third stage is the stage that we want to, to talk about. The Bible says, if you will turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 40, the third stage of spiritual maturation. And we're going to be focusing our, our lesson, our Bible study on uh, this third stage. The scripture says, again, spiritual maturation is about sonship. And there are eight stages of sonship or eight stages of spiritual maturation. Luke 2, verse 40. The Bible said, and the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now that word child or son is translated padeon. So the third stage of spiritual maturation is the stage that is called padeon. The first stage is is Gester. The second stage is Tikto. The third stage is Padeon. Now, in this stage, as, as you mature spiritually, that means that God is going to be focusing on something. The first stage He's focusing on incubation. He's focusing on wombs. He's focusing on what is being birthed out of you and what you're being birthed into. The second stage He's going to be looking at covenant. Who do you have covenant with? And this is all going to be important because that stage, you're, 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 you're birthed into something, you're birthed into a realm. And, and let me just backtrack just for a moment. You could be mature in one realm and then God promotes you and births you in another. That means that you go all the way back to Gester and Tito. So you're going to come out of one womb. You're going to go into another And then you're going to be at that tic stage again. That means you're going to have to be matured in that stage or that realm or that level. And then if God births you out you go through the same birth pangs, the same uh, contractions, the same travailing, then he births you out, and then you've got to mature in that realm, in that dimension, in that level. That means that process is going to go on perpetually until you die. So every realm that you go into, you've got to mature in that realm. Are you with me? And so now when we come to the, this third stage, the stage of Padeon, the third stage of spiritual maturation, again, in first John three and two, it says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. We're going to be able to recognize why, because perception is reality. And so however you perceive him is going to be based on where you are in your spiritual growth and in your spiritual level of maturation. So we are all sons of God. We admit that. But if there are eight stages of sonship or eight stages of spiritual maturation, which stage are you on? And this is not just a blanket question. What stage are you on economically? What stage are you on relationally? What stage are you on spiritually? What stage are you on culturally? What stage are you on domestically? What stage are you on parentally? What stage are you on? And it's not just in one area of your life. It's all areas of your life. It means that you could be on stage eight, seven, for instance, or stage eight um, spiritually, but you could be on stage one financially. In other words, you're just learning about kingdom economics, biblical finances, or you might be on stage number three, relationally. You're just learning how to relate to uh, brothers and sisters in Christ as your brother and sister or how to relate to God or how to relate to money or how to relate to yourself. And so um, it means that what God wants to do is bring total maturity in every area of your life. Now, today, again, we're gonna talk about the third stage of spiritual maturation and sonship, which is paideon, P-A-I-D-I-O-N, paideon. Now, the first stage is in the womb. The second stage is just when you are birthed out. So that's the shortest period. So that paideon stage is the infant toddler stage. It's between zero and two. The Tikto is a few minutes after you have been birthed out and you connect with that. Then the Pideon is actually just after that TikTok stage from zero to two years old. And that's in the natural. So that means that when we come to spiritual authority, We have to ask the question then, if each stage gives us a certain level of spiritual authority, what level of spiritual authority will a Padian have? The level of spiritual authority is going to be a restricted level. The previous levels of spiritual authority is potential. This level is restricted. So you're gonna have a little bit of authority, but you're not gonna have much. This stage is where you become aware of the grace of God that is available to help you in the fulfillment of purpose and completion of your assignment. As long as you are operating outside of the grace of God, using your own strength, using your own power, using your own personality, that means that you will not be able to matriculate or you are not ready to matriculate to the fourth stage as long as you're doing things out of your own strength, your own mind, you haven't learned about the grace of God, you are not uh, using the grace of God in order to fulfill an assignment or a purpose. That means you are not ready for maturity. You will not graduate from this stage. Now let's look in the natural and see if we can run some parallels with this stage. There is a rite of passage now. That means how do we know when a person is out of the patio stage? So let's look at this. Um, In the natural, you potty train them at that age, right? So they're they're, they're no longer in pull-ups. They're no longer in diapers. They can go to the bathroom themselves. So they're going to be potty trained. This is the rite of passage. And they're going to have self-control. In other words, they're not going to go through the the little toddler uh, tantrums. They're not going to be no, no, no. Uh, They're going to begin to you're going to see signs of submission. And submission is not just an action. Submission is an attitude. So you're going to begin to see the refinement of their character, the refinement of their attitude, not only relative to grace, but relative to faith. They're going to begin to trust the mother and their father or their spiritual covering or their <laughs> spiritual parents. Now, there is a responsibility, and that's a re- parental responsibility, and it involves intense supervision, um, and exposing the child to educational, spiritual, and emotionally enriching environment and opportunities. So during the Patreon stage, you're going to be supervised, yes, but you're also going to be exposed educationally, spiritually, spiritually. Emotionally, um, and that 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 your parent is responsible for creating an, an environment so that you can begin to mature and to give you opportunities to learn who you are. This is why the I factor is important because when a child is young, they, they their ego is wrapped up into everything. So you know when they're laying in that bed, they don't know that they are separate from the uh, uh, the um, the the bad that they don't realize that they're separate from anything. They just feel like everything's they're a part of everything. But zero to two, they begin to understand that that I've got my own ego. You know, I'm separate from my mommy. I'm not attached to uh, her. I'm a, a separate person. And this is why with the pity on stage, you know, the terrible twos, uh, they, 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 oh, hold oh, what? wait one minute. I've got my own will, and I'm going to exercise my own will. No. And so and so, you know, you're at the pity on stage when you should be saying yes to certain things. But you got to know in your spirit, you know, I could do it myself. I do it myself. You you, you almost want to uh, declare your declaration of independence. But if you let a two year old dress themselves, you know, nothing is matching everything. They can't even get their clothes on. Are you with me? And this is why submission at this stage of of spiritual maturation is important. The Bible said in Luke 2, 40, go there with me, please, again. And the child, this is Petion, the third stage, grew, talking about Jesus. He grew. This, This is natural and biological growth and work strong in the spirit. This is spiritual and emotional development. And I've met so many adults that are 40 and 50 and 60, and they're emotional basket cases. You know, they cry at the drop of their head. They want to leave ministry. They, they, and nobody's their friend. When they're not happy, they cry. How many, how many grown adults that are part of your ministry that end up crying? And ministry because their feelings are hurt. They're still in the petty on stage because if you notice with a child, a toddler that's in the petty on stage, zero to two, everything hurts their feeling. They cry at Everything. The Bible says that Jesus was also filled with wisdom, that's educational and intellectual maturity. And the grace of God was upon him. This is supernatural. So if you look at the text, if you go back at the text, the scripture said, The child grew and wept strong in the spirit and was filled with wisdom. Then there's a colon. So that colon means, I'm going to give you greater explanation. So how did he mature? How did he grow? How did he grow naturally and biologically? How did he wax strong in the spirit? How did he become emotionally mature? How was he filled with the spirit? Colon says, and the grace of God was upon him. In other words, the grace of God, once you are able to understand how powerful grace is, that means nothing is going to stop your growth. You are going to grow naturally. You are going to grow biologically. You are going to grow spiritually. You are going to grow emotionally. You are going to grow intellectually. You are going to grow educationally. Every area of your life is going to be covered by the grace. Now you understand why the enemy wants to abort the process of spiritual maturation. He wants to abort it so that you don't understand how valuable the grace is and how powerful you're going to become once you are able to access the grace. Do not underestimate the power of grace in your life. Now, one of the things that scripture says in Proverbs 25 and 2, it says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but to to search out the matter is the glory of kings. And so God now has concealed it, but we have to search it out. So let's see if we could search out the the stage of Padeon and why this is important. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. 2 Peter chapter... 1, verse 2 to 4. The Bible says uh, that the Apostle Peter decreed grace over the reader of this epistle, and I love it. He says in verse number 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, uh, of Jesus Christ our Lord. The more you know God, the more you know Jesus Christ, the greater the grace will be upon you. The enemy wants to keep us from a relationship with God. He wants to keep us religious and not have a relationship with God or not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I decree and declare in this season, your relationship with God and your relationship with Jesus Christ is going to be the strongest it has ever been. I decree it. I decree Declare it, I establish it, and it is so. Now he, he commands grace. He decrees this grace. Grace, caris, the supernatural ability and defined, divine favor given to a man to do, to be, and to become. I'm going to say it again caris. The grace of God is the supernatural divine ability and favor given to man to do, to be, and to become. Now, if you have a prophetic word, it's going to take the grace to bring that word to to pass. If you've been given an assignment, and I've seen so many people sabotage uh, their their destiny because they became insecure. God gives them an assignment, and then the enemy comes in and makes them second-guess themselves because either they feel like they're not qualified or they listen to people they are seduced by the enemy, and I've seen so many people uh, end up sabotaging their greatness because they failed to access the grace of God. Now, God, if God prophesies that you're going to do something, he's going to give you the grace to do it. If he prophesies you're going to be something, he's going to give you the grace to do it. And and, and, and the writer Peter said, I don't just want the grace to be given to you. I want it to be multiplied. And that word is raha, raha. It means to have a plethora of something superabundance. In other words, you will always have access to grace and the grace that you need will never run out. I decree over your life a superabundance, a plethora of grace that you will be able to access it, you will be able to sense it, you will be able to see it, you will be able to access it, and you will have that grace available to you upon demand. Now I'm going to float that as a balloon and I'm going to come Come back and I'm going to pick it back up in a moment. He said, this is going to happen through your knowledge of God and through your knowledge of Jesus Christ. He said, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That means he said through the grace of God and through the divine power, he's given us all things. Can I ask you what all means? Aww. All. That means you can have it all. Yeah. You don't don't just have to have Jesus and nothing else. You could stop singing that song. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords to give. Peter said, according to the divine power have given us all things. I decree and declare you will have it all everything that God wants for you. You are not gonna have to compromise your Christianity to get it. You are not gonna have to sleep your way to the top. You are going to maintain your holiness and your godliness and you are still gonna get it all. And it's gonna happen through the grace of God. You can change the song. I'm going to have Jesus and silver and gold. I'm going to have Jesus and riches untold. I'm going to have Jesus and everything this world affords to give. And if it doesn't give it, I'm going to take it, because the kingdom suffered violent and the violent take it by force. I'm going to have Jesus and everything this world affords to give and if it doesn't give it, I'm gonna take it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Hallelujah. hallelujah! If it pertains to your life and if it pertains to godliness the grace of God will give you access to it. I feel anointed. Amen. The Bible said whereby verse number four are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. So we know that Padeon is going to address the issue of our personal lust. And God wants to to make sure that you know that you don't have to be lustful. God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness, and he's left it for us as an inheritance in the realm of the spirit. So it's imperative for each one of us to understand that and to know that. And so now grace, grace. This padeon is going to give you a better understanding of grace so that you can access the grace. Because a padeon will have to be submitted to their parents, and rely on their grace for everything. Are you with me? So now grace is first mentioned in in Genesis chapter six, verses five to eight. Let's look at this. And we want to look at it within context. The Bible said, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continuously. So we know that everywhere... Uh, that Noah, this is the story of Noah, was that he was in a very wicked, anti-God, anti-purpose environment. The Bible said, verse number six, and it repented of the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. So when a person is grieving is because they have lost something. So God had felt like he had lost man to sin. And verse number seven, the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I had made him. Watch this, verse number eight. I love it. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is important. If you uh, know anything about the English language, and and but are conjunctions. So, and is a conjunction with addition but is a conjunction with a difference. In other words, everybody over here is going to be destroyed, but you. In other words, God is going to allow you to be an exception to. This person is going to be poor, but not you. This person is going to fail, but not you. Do you see it? It's a conjunction with a difference. And he, Noah was made an exception because of grace. So whenever you begin to access grace, you become an exception. In other words, you will defy the status quo. This will be, things will be happening all around you, but it won't happen to you. God will hide you in the secret place of the Most High God. Are you with me? You got to believe me when I tell you, you are going to be an exception. Other people will lose their job, but not you. You're going to be an exception. And this is the grace of God. Now, the scripture says in Ephesians 2, chapter one to nine, and let's go there with me, please. Let's continue to read. The Bible said, and you have the quicken who were dead in trespasses and in sins. wherein in in time past. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. Shout, I'm not disobedient among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the de- desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we by nature, the children of wrath, even as others. So we were once there. We understand. But God, who is rich in mercy, Lord have mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. by grace are you saved and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. this happened because of his grace that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kingdom towards us through Jesus. Christ. Verse number eight, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of a works, lest any man shall boast. God, the grace of God is your gift. Yes. Do you know what that means? Yes. It means you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to qualify for it. You were pre-qualified because the lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world, his blood pre- Qualified you. Grace is God's gift. This is amazing. So that means that when you have a gift, if someone gives you a gift, you can either accept it or reject it. So that means at any given day, whatever you are going through, That means that you can pull on the grace to help you to go through it. Pull on the grace to sustain you, or you could choose not to. You could choose to do it your way, you could choose to use your own strength, you could use your own might, you could use your own will, you could call up your girlfriend, you could tweet, you could Facebook, you could do whatever you want, it is your choice. That means that when it comes to this disp- dispensation, we always have options. You are never a victim of circumstance. As long as you are in the dispensation of grace, you've got an option. When Adam fell, his entire nation, nature fell with him, and he began to operate from his fallen nature and not from his original human nature, which was created to reflect God in his image, in his nature, and after his likeness. The Bible said that they were naked and they were ashamed. And when Adam fell, he caused a sin virus to be planted in humanity's operating system. That means from dispensation to dispensation, we were imprisoned in a system that defaulted into sin. How we operated would be beneath who we really were meant to be. But the death of Jesus Christ released us to operate in the dispensation of grace and that grace gave us the ability not only to reset our life, reset our destiny, but the grace of God reset humanity's operating system to give us an option on how we would operate as sons and daughters of of the most high God romans five twenty and twenty one says moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin doth abound, grace did much more abound. Romans also says that sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. We are living in the dispensation of grace. This is the set time that God has designated to release his grace. That means that everything is given to us by grace. We become aware of how powerful grace really is in this dispensation. A dispensation tells you what God is doing. Dispensation. The process of dispensing something. And this is a season that God is going to dispense grace. When Adam fell from the place, he fell from a place and a realm of dominion, a realm of creativity, a realm of authority, and he fell into a realm of struggle and hardship and poverty and impotence. This state is unnatural to any born-again believer. It is unnatural to humanity. Because when God created you and I, he created us to reflect him in his image, to reflect him in his likeness. So it is not our natural state to be struggling, to have hardship, to have poverty, to have impotence. When Adam fell, he fell from a realm where he lost his intellectual bandwidth, where he lost his capacity and ability to think like heaven's representative, but grace resets that. When Adam fell, he lost his psychological congruencies, his values, his ethics, his morals, his motives, his intention, his drives, his context, his perception was misaligned to heaven. When Adam fell, he lost his personal individuality. When Adam fell, he lost his uniqueness. He lost his identity. When Adam fell, he lost his intellect and divine genius. When Adam fell, he lost his spiritual connectivity. When Adam fell, he fell and he went from a realm of faith to a realm of Fact, He fell from a realm of inspiration to a realm of information. He fell from a realm of creativity to a realm of consumerism. He fell from a realm of living in the spirit, walking in the spirit, to being controlled by his five physical senses. But in this dispensation, God hit the reset button we no longer have to be consumers. We can be co-creators. We can be business owners. We don't need information when we've got revelation. We don't need facts when we can live by faith. When Adam fell, I'm going to tell you, he l- took humanity into, from one dispensation to another, and there have been many dispensation that man have walked through. There was this dispensation of innocence, the dispensation of consciousness, the dispensation of government, the dispensation of promise, the dispensation of law. But when Jesus came, he brought us into a brand new dispensation, and that's a dispensation of grace. This is why this level of spiritual maturation is important, because that pity stage helps you to take advantage of grace being dispensed that is Made available to you upon demand. Grace will help you to overcome the seduction of sin and carnality. You don't have to go this alone. You don't have to live as an orphan. The grace of God will give you the ability to cry Abba Father. Even in your weakest moment, you can access the grace. Paul said, I besought the Lord three times that he might remove this thorn in the flesh. But God said, my grace is sufficient to you for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. God will give you the grace for everything. There's a measure of grace for salvation. There's a measure of grace to fulfill your assignment there's a measure of grace to fulfill your purpose there's a measure of grace to maximize your potential there is a measure of grace to overcome sin, there is a measure of grace to witness, to preach, to give, to accumulate wealth, there is a measure of grace to love there is a measure of grace to endure hardship. There is a measure of grace to overcome grief there is a measure of of grace to worship. There is a measure of grace to lead. There is a measure of grace and how do you learn how to access this grace? You access it in the pettium stage. This is the third stage of spiritual maturation. You don't jump over this stage. If you miss this stage, you miss the value, hallelujah, and the discipline that is given to you so that you can live by the grace of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. oh. <laughs> Pettyang, Padian, the third stage. The third stage. The third stage. I decree and declare and I command the grace of God upon you today. I decree and declare God will give you access to grace that will cause you to succeed. I decree and command the grace of God upon you, the grace to prosper, the grace to defeat your enemy, the grace to build your ministry, the grace to build your business, the grace to pay your bill, the grace to eradicate your debt, the grace to heal your marriage, the grace to accomplish your Goal. the grace to make your dreams a reality. I command the grace of God upon you, the grace to raise successful children, the grace to build your dream home, the grace to preach for Jesus, the grace to expand your ministry, the grace to preach the message of the kingdom. I release the grace of God, the grace to explore new markets, the grace to create new and improved product, the grace to bring witty ideas and creation Inventions to best. I command the grace of God upon you. I decree, according to 2 Corinthians 13 and 14, the grace of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, God, for the grace. Glory to God. Glory to God. May God make his gracious face to, find d- to shine upon you. I decree and declare that in this stage of spiritual maturation, you will not rush through this stage. You will sit with this stage long enough until you understand how powerful you really are because you live in the dispensation of grace. God is is dispensing the grace that you need for every challenge, for every assignment. You will be whatever God has commissioned you to be and you will do whatever God has commissioned you to do and you're going to do it by the grace of God. Let's put raise our hands and bless the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer Leclerc is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.